Welcome to the Three Things Podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Andre. <laughs> and in this podcast, we discuss three things of interest. Sometimes they'll be useful, sometimes they'll be funny, and sometimes they'll be completely useless. You can expect the format to change a little each time as we're still feeling our way around, but every time it will be unedited, unscripted, and always honest, insightful, and hopefully every now and then somewhat entertaining. Depends who's hosting. <laughs> We take turns in hosting this podcast, so every alternative podcast is hosted by myself, and Andre's the host for every other podcast. Yes, those are the funny ones. <laughs> those are the funny ones. <laughs> well, inspired by the previous ones, this year for Christmas, I was not sure whether I should wish for an immoral, immortal jellyfish or splinter-free... jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole new species. <laughs> yeah. I think we're still working on discovering those ones. If you missed previous episodes, we have spoken about immortal jellyfish, not immoral jellyfish, or whether I wanted splinter-free toilet paper. But either way... For Christmas. For Christmas. That'd be nice. <laughs> either way, if you missed out on those discussions, listen to our previous podcasts. This week, our three things have all got to do with whether the world can or cannot agree with itself or with each other. All right, I can't wait. So my thing number one is solstices and seasons. We've just crossed over the middle of December mark, and the debate has been there about whether this winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere is the beginning of winter or the middle of winter, or even the accuracy as to when exactly the solstice is. Okay, I'll, I'll try my best. We always make ourselves believe that once the days get longer, and the nights get shorter, that's the turning point, isn't it? The turning point, as in things are getting better, so this is to mark the middle of winter. That's my reasoning. Uh, uh, it's strange, because I've come to realize it also depends on where about the world you are. I suppose depending on the hemisphere, this definition could differ. We, we're very fond of in the southern hemisphere to pretend we have longer summers than any other season. So I always, we always have this argument, I say we actually only have two months of winter, the rest is all shoulder season and summer. So today we are going to clarify all of this. So okay. let's start with just defining, obviously, the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere. And as most people know, everything's obviously opposite way around in the Southern Hemisphere. So in the Northern Hemisphere, it's also known as the hibernal solstice. And this takes place on the 21st or the 22nd of December. So this is why we always argue about now, what is it? Is it the 20th? Is it the 21st? What date is it? It's because it actually changes. Depending on the moon. Depending on the year and the moon. Exactly. Wow. So every year it's actually decided. And the solstice takes place at a specific point in time. However, the day is referred to the day on which this takes place. Because it is the time when the Earth's poles reach its maximum distance, its maximum tilt away from the sun. Okay. Okay, so this is just one thing just to clarify when the solstice is. So for that hemisphere, the winter solstice is the day with the shortest period of daylight and the longest night of the year. So in the case of the northern hemisphere, it's when the northern pole is at its furthest point away from the sun. That's correct. And it is definitely the shortest day of the year. And from there, the days get longer. But does that mean that winter is passing or winter is beginning? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to hear the answer to this because it's, it's, I, I, I tell you, I feel better if I think it's middle of winter and we're getting into uh, the end of winter now. But I, I've got a sneaky suspicion I'm wrong. 
Well, we're both wrong and right. So traditionally, in many temperate regions, and you see this is where it all starts coming Aha. up, the winter solstice is seen as the middle of winter. Like if we're in the southern, or maybe maybe the, in the, the middle, closer to the equator. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So more temporal regions, and however, especially today, in some countries and calendars, it's seen as the beginning of winter. Oh no! Now the problem is that there's two definitions. Oh dear. Oh yes, there's the astronomical definition it's... where winter begins with the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year. Okay. Okay, this means the days actually get longer during winter, slowly at first, and then as the March equinox approaches, it's the start of spring. However, there's a second definition, and maybe we just want to believe in this one, and that's the meteorological definition. But it's not as good as we thought. Oh no. It just says that the seasons, in fact, begin on the first day of the months that include the equinoxes and the solstices. First day of the month. Oh, So it no. makes it a little bit better, but still okay. not the middle of winter. Okay, well, I see where this is going from. And that actually ties in slightly better with the definition we sort of used to. The idea that uh, months sort of broadly define seasons. And I guess that exact day is, doesn't really matter. No, not the equinox day, but the months only matter. Mm. So for instance, in the Northern Hemisphere, then winter would run from December the 1st. Yes to February the 28th or 29th in a leap year, and so on from there, each one being roughly three so months, which is another discussion point we'll get to. And then if, that, if that's the case in the Southern Hemisphere, that would be July, no, June, July, August. June, July, and August being winter. Okay. That's correct. Lovely. But of course, we are different countries in the world, and mm -hmm. so different countries decided they'd like to have different seasons. So different countries have actually decided which one of these definitions, either the astronomical or the meteorological definition, they count. So for example, Australia and New Zealand use the meteorological definition. Mm. Of course, Ireland wants to be different and says that, no, 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 let's just make the February the 1st the beginning of spring. Okay. And well, well, they just decided randomly. Yes. Wow. Finland and Sweden. The Maybe they're just of... being optimistic. You know, if you're that far <laughs> in the Northern Hemisphere, you're going to like think positive. Like, we, this is what actually makes it. them. This is it. We're going to make the spring. Well, there we go. Iceland, the first day of summer, is a national holiday and it falls on even more randomly the first Thursday after April the 18th. So there are some countries which have really chosen some strangely Maybe it's a lot different of it's got definitions. To do with some form of tradition or something specific, uh, some other event in the past marked that day or close to that day. Or maybe it's completely according to the lunar cycle. A lot of it is between those two regions, cultural and lunar and beliefs, things like that. And then, of course, you get the countries that are a little bit more um, accurate and, well, scientific. In Finland and Sweden, the dates of the seasons are not based on the calendar at all, but on temperatures. Ah. So every year, the seasons <laughs> in each country winter. start and end on different dates, depending yeah. on the regions and their climate. Yeah. It's a strange thing when we started looking at how do you define average temperatures across seasons for different countries, how difficult that really is. Obviously, some countries span great regions, some border oceans that affects the, the, the average temperature, some have mountain ranges, and then you have long skinny countries like Chile or Vietnam. Or which most, so many such different climates. It's, it's virtually impossible to figure out where is the average. When is it cold? Is it ever cold? Yeah. And then you get countries where the sun barely sits, or even 
not to that extreme even in the north northern hemisphere. Look at Borneo, for example, where the days are just short. Mm. Well, I say the days are short, but the sun sets early, Earlier, relatively yes. speaking. It also depends on whether clocks have been adjusted for daylight savings and things like that. Exactly. This time of the year, which is now December in the northern hemisphere, there's actually a lot of disparity between times. Even in fairly nearby countries. Nearby countries, correct. Mm. Yeah. From the UK to Cairo, there's two hours difference now. Yeah. Which is weird. No, no, and it's really quite nearby. Exactly. <laughs> but speaking of Southeast Asia, um, South Asia generally has a calendar which they divide into six seasons instead of the usual year, which has four. So yes. this once again comes down to your question as to, well, how long is winter? So they probably and, have a, 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 let me think, a smoky season. Like a, a windy a, season, a, dusty a season, rainy season, a, a very a rainy season. A torrential season. season. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, that's interesting. So the truth as to how long winter really is, is not a clear answer. No. I think broadly we define it as you know, equal part of the year, three months, and, but it's not as simple as that. And parts of the world is actually a lot shorter. It's, it's slightly less extreme. We, we, we know, like in Southern Africa, those winters are very temperate. And I like to think it's less than three months. So here we go. It's different in the Northern and the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. Because the Earth does not move at a constant speed because it has an elliptical orbit. Of course. And in fact, winter lasts for, now get this, oh no. shorter in the Northern Hemisphere, only 89 days on average, versus Longer winter in the southern hemisphere of an average of 93.6 days. Okay, but... But it's just, not as bad. It's, I will take that 93 days because it's probably on average much better than that uh, shorter period of more extreme weather. Short days, that is where you are, but generally speaking, we in the right in the south of Spain at the moment, and so far it's it's been pretty good. If this is the middle of winter, which is what I had believed it to be, I was super excited. But now that we know that this is actually best case scenario, the first third of winter over, if we assume that in Spain winter begins on the first of December, but if you speak to we the still locals, have two more months of winter to come. The locals says, it's just going to get worse. So they believe this is the beginning of winter. But well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, That's we'll have to wait and see. So, so speaking of December. Hold on a second. So from now on, we don't ever have to argue again about when exactly winter begins. No. There know. is no clear answer. Perfect. <laughs> and speaking of December, why is December... Dese, not the tenth month of the year. And this comes back to you, the question of, you know, who believes in when is it winter, when does winter start, all these kind of things. The reason... Well, let me, let me take a gander here. So for the, uh, obviously, we've, we've spoken at length about lunar calendars and the Gregorian calendar and actually just generally how inaccurate it all is and how we just keep making this stuff up. And this keeps going in October, November, December, all of these months are not really correctly no, labeled. But the names, the names do have some sort of historical significance. Um, but most of the time, I think it was just randomly picked. No, not quite. So it is, you're right in that it's from historical. The old Roman calendar, in fact, started in March. Mm. which made December the 10th month. Okay. So all the months after March, actually October, November, December, those um, prefixes are, were correct according to the Roman, the Roman calendar. When the Roman Senate changed the calendar yes. in 150 BC, the new year then only started in January but, and December became the 12th month. Oh no. So that is actually how the months were labeled. 
Wow. So okay. all these years, they just made the change, and our Gregorian calendar now it's doesn't actually make sense. January, February, exactly. March, April, June. So it should be March, April, May, June, July, all the way December, January, February. And that was the end. And that also ties into why, where we put that extra day in leap years. Of course, at it's the, the end of February. end of February. That's correct. Huh, February is like a little mm. bastard child who <laughs> almost got forgotten and we have to tag him on the end and just make it work. There we go. So that was the useful fact of the day. That's Thing pretty cool. Thing two is I almost thought that I had come up to a solution to be able to visit two different countries without traveling at all. Without traveling at all? You almost came up with that. Almost came up with a solution. Uh... So there is an island that France and Spain take turns to own ah. every six months. Oh, so yes, theoretically, yes. if you stayed in the same place... But it's uninhabited, isn't it? It is, unfortunately. Ah. <laughs> Except for the gods who work there. So there's unless gods? we get a... There's a god. They, they, they need someone to change the flags every <laughs> yes. six months. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Pretty much. And do the gardening. <laughs> uh, where is this... Wait, wait, let me think. Between France and Spain? Yes. Is it a, a, a silly little island in the Mediterranean somewhere? It's or where is called it? Pheasant Island. Ah. And it's not even in the ocean. It's in a river. Oh, no. <laughs> in the Bidazoa River between France and Spain. So sort of on the northeastern border of Spain. Okay. And then northwestern border of France. And the island is also not very big. And unfortunately, it's also eroding. So currently, it's only about 200 meters by 40 meters big. This hardly seems worthwhile. The island... <laughs> what on earth? is a condominium under joint sovereignty of Spain and France for alternating periods. The, it is commandeered by San Sebastian of Spain from February to July and of Bayonne, France from August to January and run by the respective mayors. What do you run on 40 by 200 meters? So this oh, wait, you run the sprint. <laughs> That's a quite a short sprint. 200 meters. Yeah, you're 50 meters a bit of well, spectators. Why you 100 meters to the sprint? I think we just found a function for this island. Maybe it's not flat or clean. Maybe it's all bushy. Are there actually pheasants on this island? There are. I don't think there are pheasants. Ooh, it's, maybe it's a hunting island. Pheasants. The king take turns to go hunt ooh. on the island. That's a royal thing. I'm not sure that there was ever hunting. It seems like the most important historical event that took place there was the signing of the Treaty of the Pyrenees. Ah. So literally, it was this place where people went to sign treaties. It's also been used for a few other royal meetings. Okay. So it doesn't sound like anything as exciting as pheasant hunting or, or sprint, sprint races. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the, the idea is there's this semi-neutral but mutual space where if anything does happen, this is something we can agree on. I, I don't know. I mean, if something happens, then you might not be able to agree on anything. No, anyway. you can reach it occasionally at low tide from the Spanish side so we could always try and do this illegally but why, why access illegal? is actually forbidden oh, really? except on occasional times and on heritage open days I smell that right maybe there's like an alien base station or something something fishy must be happening here fishing fishing <laughs> <laughs> because the only employees of the municipal government that go there is every six months for changing of cleaning and gardening and members of the naval commands of Saint Sebastian and of Bayonne, France, wow. responsible for monitoring the island, land on it every five days. That is so crazy. So nobody How actually lives on it. They, no. they just go on there every five days, uh, look around 200 by 40 meters. That takes all of three seconds. 
And then what? Clean and garden. Clean and garden. And then in six months' time, hand it over to the neighboring country. I would want that job. That sounds fun. <laughs> so maybe we can get a job on this island. Oh, I see a flaw because we need to join the Spanish guard or the French <laughs> military or wherever those guys mm. are. Okay, that might that not happen. That's a really random fact. Thank so you. that was my useless fact, thing Pleasant number island. two. Well, we learn something every day. And thing number three is our funny thing that you may not be able to live in these two this one place, be in two countries at the same time without moving around. But the next time somebody tells you to go to hell, <laughs> or when hell freezes over, uh -huh. you can inform them that, well, actually, such a place exists. One Norwegian town has a very ironic name. It's a little village in the southern Norway, and it's called Hell. Hell. And the best part is that every single winter, it freezes, it freezes over. over. <laughs> but why is it called Hell? Or is it just a... A local name that that's not really connected to the what we would what we would refer to as hell. No. hell. So the village, the name hell, actually stems from the old Norse word helir, which means overhang or cliff cave. So it's got to do with the topography there. I actually, see. the fact that it's very cliffy. Do you know? I know of another place called Hell. Maybe well, there's a lot of these. The Hull. I think this one is so special because it's, well, it's actually, the, the word Hull comes from hell. a complete different meaning. It comes sure. from the cliffs and the faces there. And the fact that it freezes over every year because the temperatures there can reach minus 25 degrees Celsius in winter. And for that reason, it's become a bit of a tourist, minor tourist when attraction. When Hull freezes over. When Hull freezes over. And this actually happens. You can say, well, that's every year. Is it? Is it always frozen or does it actually get summery and the hell defrosts every now it and then? It defrosts. It only freezes <laughs> over once a year, every year in winter. That is classic. <laughs> but the hell you're referring to is a little bit warmer than that. It is indeed, but I would guess you might find more than one of those around the world. I only know of one in South Africa. It's, it's actually not a, a city or a town. It's a community and it's located down a very, very, very deep and steep valley. Which and that's is called hell for a whole different reason. I think it's got to do with, it's just very difficult to access, maybe it's very difficult to live or survive there. Mm. And it's got the official name of the hell. There we go. And so, it, you can still visit it today. So if somebody tells you to go to hell, you have two options. Visit South Africa, where it's hot and a struggle to get there, or go to the little Norwegian town of hell, where it freezes over. Depends if you need someone to agree with you. Yes. Do you want me to uh, show you where hell freezes over or not? Cool. <laughs> there we go. That's my three things for today. Yeah, very seasonal. Thank you, Lisa. I <laughs> hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Thank you, Andre. And, and we'll see, see you, you in the next, next episode. Bye. Bye.